It's not fest heavy conversations. And today we have a packed episode for you all as we run down the new Metallica tour, our Glastonbury highlights, and our songs of the week. Now, what I always love is how we are constantly traveling and experiencing the world of heavy metal from around the globe. And this week we are coming to you from Montreal, Nashville, and LA as I am joined by Stay Puff Mello, Ryan J. Downey, and Daniel Decay. Dudes, what has been the coolest thing that's happened to you in the last week or just something notable that you want to bring up today? Oh, man. Uh, well, I'm currently in the mire of uh, trying to buy a 1920s fixer-upper in a neighborhood that I have absolutely no business being <laughs> in because it, the houses are so uh, expensive. But the, we got found this fixer-upper, and we're, like, trying to move because it has everything my girlfriend and I want. So that, like, I... No idea what else went on this weekend. I like I heard about some massive music festival or something like that going on, but like I've been in like bank shit and like all that other stuff trying to like get into that. So I guess that's the coolest thing. It's it's kind of boring over here right now, Alicia. Cool, that is though. not boring at all. The that's amount not, that's of exciting, potential dog. that's no, that's exactly <laughs> it. The amount of potential you can have in a fixer upper to make it exactly what you both want. That's yeah, that's that, super exciting. That's that's where it is. Uh and it has like a like an art deco feel to it when you get but the so there is an offer on the house. It is very contingent on a lot of things. So we're looking like we haven't even seen the fucking thing until seriously like, like we saw we found it on Thursday and we're trying to like we're seeing it tomorrow and then seeing everything from there. There, but the odds everybody are very very slim but they're still there so we're trying we're trying everybody we're rooting for you easy you. Congrats. of course congrats what about okay, you guys? i i uh i saw the craziest drain show of my life uh earlier okay. this week i saw the uh, i saw your your stories and instagram posts from that it looked so sick yeah it was insane it was like nuts uh and the one the set i'd seen them prior to this was the psycho las vegas set which was nuts in its own way as well so they're like really that i i I told sammy after the show he's like dude what did you think i'm like man like you're setting the bar pretty fucking high for me the last two shows have been (laughs) insane i don't know what you got planned for the next one but yeah like instead of boogie boards like full-on rafts inflatable rafts in the audience if you guys have no idea what i'm talking about go watch them drain live videos uh, but yeah, they were fucking insane, sold out Belasco in LA, uh, like killer, killer fucking show to end off their basically every night sold out North American run, uh, which is huge. The, those guys are absolutely killing it right now with the new record. And uh, on a personal level, um, by the time this episode airs, it may be public knowledge, but I'll tell you guys in advance, uh, I just like sealed the deal on a mega north american festival slot um if you guys know my band i'm always like in that pocket of euro open airs and doing a lot of shit over there but not always getting the love in north america and find like a mega mainstream open air in north america this year uh for exciter so really stoked about it hell yeah dude congrats Congrats. When does that, that officially get announced do you know uh i either friday or monday yeah, so you okay. can so you can tell us after the chat. I'm just going to be very careful about what I say now, but yeah. once yeah. you end the record button, I mean, well, we know. will know. <laughs> yes, you will know. Perfect. Oh, that's awesome. How about you, Downey? Anything going on? Uh, yeah, I actually just came back from Astronomicon 6.5 in Livonia, Michigan, just outside Detroit. Uh, Astronomicon 6 was in March, and it snowed for about half of it, so... Kevin Smith and a few of the other guests weren't able to make their flights. So they did this um, 6.5 as a makeup show. 
and uh, it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Um, did a, uh, hosted uh, all the panels there, including one with your girl Lita. Yes, so that would have been some, super, uh, super cool. Yeah. Wrestling chats. Yeah, she was very cool, and also Tyler. Not Mayne. Lita Ford. Not, not to be confused with Lita Ford, which every time Just... I hear Lita Ford is like. When you said your girl Lita, you know you. Th- I thought you were talking about me. Well, yeah, and every thought... time, and every time someone says the Belasco Theater, I think of Blasco bassist I... for Ozzy Osbourne. I did the yeah. same yeah. thing uh, on my so mom's uh, on my side. I love the different perspectives because my brain goes straight into wrestling mode, and then I completely yeah. get D's side of it too. That's that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I kept calling her Amy and everyone in the crowd kept calling her Lita. So I was like, I better, uh, better switch it over. So yeah, switch gears here. Poser. But yeah. And I also had Tyler Maine, who I know as Sabretooth from the first X-Men movie and people yeah. know as Michael Myers from the Rob Zombie films, but who also started as a wrestler and is Canadian. So, Ooh. you know, you were there, you were there in spirit with us. <laughs> Uh, really in many, many ways <laughs> and uh personal highlight for me was heather langenkamp from nightmare on elm street and elm street three dream warriors and elm street seven new nightmare um that was an amazing conversation i never met or interviewed her before uh so yeah it was super cool and of course um hanging out with kevin smith and jason muse and everybody from the bsq universe that we had there we had a clerks panel um, just a bunch of people from the Kevin Smith movies. And of course, the homies from Twisted. Uh, they also performed on Saturday night. But yeah, Astronomicon, it's always a lot of fun. And I love doing those conventions, attending those conventions, as you all know. And Silver Scream Con is right around the corner in the fall. And Comic-Con is next month. So yeah. So oh, I asked you I asked you for one favor and based on you not showing it on screen right now I'm assuming you didn't get me the I assure you were open sign signed by the cast of clerks. <laughs> Unfortunately no. I didn't, Damn I didn't it, get dude. Signed That's by all anybody. I wanted for Christmas. But I did. You had one request. Come back with this. There's still time for two. God, dude, that's sick. That's great. That is awesome. I like the Def Jam shirt too. That's really cool. Kevin looks great. Yeah, Look at him. Like a, uh, a a hard copy analog photo is always a treat. Yeah. Rare these days. Were you going to say Kevin Smith looks like he's he lost hundred pounds? Yes. Yeah, he yeah. looks great. Yeah. yeah. He looks yeah. great too. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, now yeah. I feel like my stuff does doesn't really compare with what you guys have going on. Lots of different life shifts and events going up, but. I did have a lot of cool work shit come through, just new projects that I was able to lock down. And then um, the funniest thing for me, I've got to say, is as a Canadian, you have to understand how amazing it's been being in the States a lot more and having quick access to Target. Now, D, I know going from like Canadian to Canadian, this might not be as hard. Um, I don't know how much you frequent there, but there's a plaza close to the apartment that has Target, Five Below, Barnes and Noble and Trader Joe's, all American exclusive places. So I've been thriving due to this yeah. so it's been very happy days my friends it's a very yeah. happy alicia as of late alicia trader joe's tr- as a canadian the first time you see that trader joe's frozen section it's like <gasps> holy fuck i'm Heaven. home yeah it's, that's, it's, it's amazing it is incredible i, yeah. I think it's funny alicia because uh our, our our intrepid producer matt rushed in sent me a lot of tar- uh, text messages when he went to target for the first time a couple yeah. months ago it's like bro it's the best. what is this place it's like <laughs> 
<laughs> I, sometimes oh. I just sometimes that was my Friday evening like like thing. Like uh, Fridays, I like to stay in. Saturdays, I like to go out. Right. If I would come home from work, I'd be like, I'm going to go to Target, fuck around in the clearance for a little bit. Dude, come back, that's like, literally and been my mo. And some, fr- <laughs> and some snacks and like watch Netflix for the rest of the night. It was uh, like George Spider Fisher has has it down, man. When he, he does, does, like no, he no. knows what the deal is, right? Uh, these glasses are from Target. I shop at the Target optical section. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I was just there visiting my eye doctor a few days ago. Uh, it's, it's just become my happy place. And I do the same thing that you do, John. I'll make sure I stock up on stacks, stacks, snacks, whatever, books that I want for the week. And then I make it like my Wednesday night every week. So it's it's become a thing. It's a ritual. Oh, I love, I, I love it. You have no idea how much I love that. <laughs> well, we'll move on to the news, shall we? As Metallica have announced a string of shows happening during their 2023 M72 tour. This is going to be a special takeover where it's throughout North America and each night they're going to be doing back-to-back shows. And we're going to be seeing support from Otto along with Bastardane, both acts that feature the sons of a couple of different uh, members from Metallica being Roberts and James Kids. Now, other shows are also going to feature 200 Stab Wounds, Tribal Gaze, and Fugitive. And I've just got to say, it is so nice seeing a band of such status being able to bring out such young thriving bands who are just like making their start but have so much buzz already and um, when you kind of look at that most of the groups are newer within the last couple of years so of course yeah they're bringing their sons out on tour but the bands are actually really really good and it gives them the opportunity to of course perform in front of thousands each night so I love the fact that they're doing this you really don't have to as an act of that stature so how's everyone else digging this we will start with you Downey. um Metallica who what where really <laughs> what what's going on uh, it, it's pretty incredible what they have set up and really it was like there was a trial run for this when they did the 40th anniversary weekend in San Francisco uh, where there were a bunch of Metallica adjacent events that were happening all weekend long in addition to the two Metallica shows and now they've really taken that idea and they're bringing it all over the world so yeah so not only are, are there those two bands that you mentioned uh, there are newer bands like 200 Stab Wounds, Spirit World, Tribal Gaze. There are a bunch of Metallica tribute acts. And then we have, you know, nods to the old school. We have Overkill and Prong playing in the parking lot at MetLife Stadium, which is uh, just incredible. I love Overkill. Uh, I'm a big, big fan. And uh, Bobby Blitz, D.D. Verney, uh, Jason Bittner from Shadow Swallow has been their drummer for a while. So, I mean, that's always going to be an amazing set from them. And of course, Tommy Victor and Prong, another just great veteran band. All of these tribute acts and then some of these different venues. I mean, here in LA, it's Otto and Ambassador Dan are at the Viper Room and then three different Metallica tribute bands at the Whiskey. So exactly to your point, this is a band that doesn't need to do this. You know, they don't need to bring out opening acts at all, let alone have adjacent shows at cool, smaller venues and putting bands in the parking lot and yeah, throwing nods to the old school, having newer bands, of course, hooking up their son's bands. And look, they're not going totally over the top. Cause I mean, you know, there's a Lars kid band too. It's not like it's all the kid bands, but uh, it's just cool. It's just such a cool, fun thing for them to do to really kind of, you know, post up in each of these cities and really dominate the whole weekend and spread the love amongst their friends and fans and family, uh, both literal and figuratively. It's super rad. And I'm very much looking forward to 
August here in Los Angeles. That's just going to be killer. And John D, anything to add to that? I feel like Downey just covered it up very nicely. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing I'll add is, um, you know, Metallica has always been one to grab bands to present them you know, to people and stuff like that throughout most of their career. Usually, though, you know, like they did that with Volbeat when Volbeat was going up. And I think it's cool to see a band like 200 Stab Wounds, who's like more underground death metal, get some of that that exposure and that propped up from Metallica. Because, you know, given just the landscape that they're in and where heavy metal is in right now, like having one of the last bastions of like the legacy bands say like, no, here you go. And kind of show the spotlight for bands that are going to be, you know, pretty big or, you know, have a chance to show themselves in front of people over the next couple of years, I think is, is really, really cool. And like Downey said, and like you said, Alicia, they don't, Metallica doesn't have to do that, but I love the fact that they're kind of growing into this uh, almost like metal ambassador type of deal to kind of show people like here, here is this whole world of heavy music and rock and roll that is not just from us, but from all over. And yes, it can be yours too. So I think that's really cool. And then, you know, just Metallica has the ability to be able to make an entire like festival weekend almost, right? I mean, first off, how many bands, we talked about this before, can just do two full sets of different set lists and it still not only be able to do that, but have it fucking amazing each night. And then to put something in in between that, I think that's just like, it's genius marketing. It's great for the band. It's great for fans. It's great for music. It's it's great for everybody. And, you know, maybe there can be some some like small like weekend little festivals or something like that for some of the bigger bands going on. I would love to see a two, like a first and second night Iron Maiden set with a little like museum or something like that in between it so it's great that's all i got on it i think the only things this is downey's territory um if you know if i'm adding something to downey's comments on metallica it just means he's like just slight oversight on some facts <laughs> that he already definitely knows um but uh worth noting that sandman is uh the lawsuit band that uh, Metallica, there was like a cease and desist that was delivered. Metallica, you know, the band went public oh. with it. They were a cover band. Metallica was like, whoa, that wasn't us. That was our attorney. And then uh, when they played in Toronto, Sandman's from Toronto. I was uh, just about to say, whole... also Canadians. Yes, they invited they invited the whole band. Theme here. Yeah, they, they invited the whole band backstage and did a group photo. And, you know, just to really to Stellar. smooth over that whole incident. And uh, having them on these shows like really smooths over that whole incident. So happy to see that the lawsuit fiasco uh, with a cover band, which, you know, they took a lot of flack for uh, Metallica, got made fun of a lot on the Internet for that. They're really just trying to pretend that never happened and make it up to these dudes from Toronto. So that's rad. And uh, yeah, I'll just kind of echo everyone and saying uh, shout out, you know, Tribal Gaze, Fugitive spirit world and 200 stabbies baby that that is that is huge and uh all all the all the dudes from all those bands for like three days have been sharing that flyer being like i can't believe mm -hmm. i'm staring at a flyer with metallica and my band's name and they, they're playing twice too there's like uh, a stabbies and spirit world show and a fugitive and a tribal gay show and then they're all playing together on the off night uh, uh between the two metallica shows like that dallas show if that like Arlington show wasn't hype enough already with it being the first Pantera one there and all that shit. Like, dude, that's the one to go to. I might, I might have to go, you know, now that my weekends opened up uh, the weekend prior to, to LA, I might have to go to both, both of those weekends. Now that's, that's looking pretty hot. Uh, It'd be nice to have I, a reporter on site. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I will say I would, uh, I glossed over it, which I don't know how, but Spirit World, if anybody listening or watching this Heavy Conversations hasn't listened to Spirit World yet, do yourselves a favor. They are so fucking good. And seeing 200 stab wounds with Spirit World and Metallica, like, give me a break. Give me a break. The only, what, what I will say to wrap up, lawyers, cease and desist. Dun, 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 dun. Not anymore. I love you for that. I <laughs> that was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Uh, I'm, all right. That was great. Well, I'm really excited about this next main topic here because I was seeing headlines throughout the entire time this was running last week as Glastonbury. It's officially over. And I can't get over the immense lineup that they gave music lovers. The headliners were everybody from Guns N' Roses to Elton John performing, but they had so many cool surprises. Um, Some of my favorites, like Rick Astley got up on stage with Blossoms and they covered Panic by the Smiths. Dave Grohl joined the uh, Pretenders during their performance. That is such a crazy crossover to have seen. And in my personal opinion, before we get into everyone else's, I just think the coolest thing to have been in attendance and, and have witnessed would have been Arctic Monkeys taking that headline stage. You have one of the most iconic English bands for the, from the last, I'd say, 20 years to have come out of there playing one of the most prestigious festivals there. Uh, and they're performing, they performing Marty Bum on this tour for the first time in, I believe, 15 years, which is wild to even think that I was that young listening to those records but to have seen that would have just been an absolute thrill their discography is so big at this point it had a really great balance of hits and a couple of deep cuts too so just really cool to see them back at it especially at a place like Glastow so which which uh performances caught all of your eyes I know we were all watching through the lens of you know computers and laptops but which ones were we were we digging not all at once yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, as, as I previously alluded to, uh, I had a lot going on this weekend, um, and also, so on yesterday and on uh, yesterday and Monday, I tried to watch some of the Glastos sets. Uh, but BBC has done a very good job blocking VPNs, you know, and not being able to let you let you watch everything on there. It's like, what's the point of having a VPN if you can't get it? Um, but I uh, I have on my computer right now. I'm gonna figure it out, everybody. Uh, a band that you didn't mention, uh, Alicia, because there's so many. Uh, apparently, the Blondie set was absolutely incredible, right? And just like Debbie Harry at 77 years old, the way that she sounded and what I was hearing and seeing little snippets on Twitter and people like that talking. I think that's gonna be one of the first ones that I look at, um, as well as uh, Lil Nas X apparently put on a, an incredible show, which I'm like really really stoked to see um but other than that like i heard uh queens of the stone age was incredible elton john was incredible so like the amount of concerts and sets that i have in tabs on my computer to eventually mm-hmm. like go through and watch because around this time you know you can just throw something on uh, on your tv while you're making dinner or something like that and have an amazing soundtrack for you um it's it's pretty high and you know just seeing it through the lens of people that I follow on social media, especially over the past couple of years, as I've been, you know, getting more involved in the music industry and meeting a lot of people and, you know, seeing all these different uh, people from all over, you know, all over the world and all over different parts of this industry kind of converge on this place and see the lens from all of these different styles of people and like different groups of people all talking about this one festival in a similar way. And, you know, talking about the post Glastonbury blues on Monday and Tuesday, getting over that. It's just really cool to see. And uh, I'm really hoping that this VPN where if anybody out there is like, you know, downloadable sets or anything, hit up a boy. Cause like, I want to see it, everybody. 
Yeah, BBC have some really good cuts that I was able to watch. It might be different in Canada, but I was able mm. to dive into a lot of the main sets and the performances have been been so good. And I just love all the, like I mentioned before, the surprises were cool. I I, I think for me, like my father loves the pretenders, especially that debut record. I, I think hands down is easily from start to finish one of the most flawless albums of all time. And so to see them get on stage with Dave Grohl, I just, I wasn't expecting it whatsoever. It was really cool to see them doing their thing. So yeah, lot, lots to dive into, but I, how about everyone else on the panel? I, I, I dig all the positivity. And I think that, uh, that Queens of the Stone Age set for me would have been the one I wanted to see. Josh looks so fucking cool right now. I don't know. He's like just aging very gracefully and cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, with a band like that, sure. I want Joey Castillo back and sure. I want Nick Oliveri back, but the clips I saw looked fucking insane. And the crowd is like rabid for those classic songs. Don't know how I feel about that new record still, even after a couple listens, but definitely looking forward to seeing Queens do some, uh, proper North American shows. Uh, so there's my positive, but I love, I want to be like the negative dude here. And I want to talk yeah, about the big it. negative news of the festival. Uh, one right. of my favorite bands of all time, uh, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, is As having wild. the worst Glasgow headline set of all time. Now here's the kicker. I'm not shocked. <laughs> they like, they a, really got torn rough. apart. They and then a callback apart. to uh, Get in the Ring, which was, of course, the Use Your Illusion era song where Axel called out a bunch of journalists by name and challenged them to a fight. Uh, GNR called out two of the journalists, not even just their outlets, but specifically the two writers oh. who had panned their performance on Twitter uh, yesterday as we're taping this. So it's just, you know, a huge ratio of GNR fans piling up on these two writers. I don't know if this guy was private before, but one of them's uh, account is now private, oh, no. uh, which if it wasn't before, I would imagine is because of the ratio. Uh, but another one of them, Neil McCormick from the Daily Telegraph has actually clapped back. He says, GNR fans going off like offended teeny boppers because someone doesn't love their heroes as much as they do. Boo hoo. This is <laughs> every critic's Twitter timeline after they've given a K-pop boy band a bad review. It's three stars for fuck's sake. And yeah, I was in the slowly shrinking crowd. Were you? Uh, I so, love yeah, that I mean, response, to be honest. Yeah. Getting because trash he gave we've, it three stars. We've all been in that. We've all been in that position where we've reviewed things and people haven't seen eye to eye with us, or we've interviewed a band that we love and they can't stand or whatever scenario it might be. And when you have to deal with that slack online and people really thinking that they're entitled to their opinion being better than yours, it drives me mad. So I love the fact that he wrote back, stood his ground, and he's still saying like, fuck it, it's a three. I like that we still have um, some traditional media outlets and traditional critics who are honest. Yeah. You know, I mean, because there is a lot of access journalism and, you know, those of us who do what we do, we, we, I mean, we're in a unique spot because each of us is also sort of works in the music industry in different capacities, but there's no credibility when everything mm -hmm. is constantly positive and full of praise because you want to be able to yeah. get that interview. You want to be able to get those social shares. Uh, but sometimes people just have to call it as they see it. And look, I, I'm a huge guns fan. I've seen them in different iterations, different lineups. I saw them uh, twice on the first tour back with Duff and Slash. I thought they were incredible. I've watched a lot online. Uh, sometimes Axel delivers, sometimes he doesn't. That's part of being a Guns fan. And, you know, if you go and watch 
any YouTube videos of him singing with ACDC, he was crushing it every night. And he just doesn't crush it every night with guns, which begs the question, you know, is he overprotective of his voice? Is he phoning it in sometimes? Are there monitor issues? Whatever it is, and I say this as a, as a fellow Hoosier, as a uh, huge, huge Axel advocate, as someone who defends and fights for Axel in a lot of conversations where he's being bashed by people, he's not always bringing his best. And, uh, you know, this sounds like another example where he was, uh, you know, doing doing the Mickey Mouse voice, as it's sometimes called. I just and, watch uh, this now. It's a bummer. There's also a, a massive difference between filling a stadium with 40,000 rock fans for a Guns N' Roses headline show and having them play one of the largest, most prestigious festivals in the world in a headline capacity. It is completely different, completely different eyes on them. The context is completely different. So when I read that headline, I was like, I, I didn't even need to start digging in before I was just like, yeah, no, checks out. Like I, I bet yeah. that they were not the right choice for a headline at that festival because I too, I saw them on that, not in this lifetime, that big comeback that you said they were fantastic. And guess what? I got a night when I didn't think they were so fantastic. So yeah. uh, it happens. And it's been known to happen with that band through the 90s. And it's happening now with them. Um, you know, what can I say? Most of the Twitter ratio gets into like, what are who are music critics anyway? And they're not even fans. And why is, why is there even to... criticism? And and this yeah. is this is part of a whole anti-intellectual slant in pop culture that's been happening for a few decades now, where um, you know, and it happens in the political realm where we champion uh, being stupid and mm -hmm. lacking historical context and and not you know not recognizing that sometimes someone knows more than you do. And uh, it's the outreach machine. And I think this, yeah, this is part of it. So the idea that because someone said a performance wasn't quite up to par, uh, that we just dismiss, you know, it's the same thing as when you hear people go, oh, what does Rotten Tomatoes know? Which is one of my favorite anti-intellectual things lately, because that's an aggregator. That's literally <laughs> hundreds of experienced critics. And it's just coming up with a tabulation of like how many of them said this movie was good versus how many said we're bad. Um, it's not a monolithic, uh, you know, elite that's out to get your favorite movie. Um, and if you really dig into criticism and the role that it's served historically when it comes to art, I mean, art critic is a legitimate vocation. It takes a, a lot of creativity and expertise and care. And if you pay enough attention to good critics, you can recognize the difference in their biases and their likes and dislikes and your yes. own. And go, oh, if this critic exactly. hated this movie, I'll probably like it. And so on. So if you're a mark for a particular band that's gonna love a mark. any performance, I love whether term. it's like whether it's you know a one out of ten or a ten out of ten, then great. Then don't read those reviews. What do you care anyway? You know, you're gonna love it no matter what they give you. But uh, you know, much like some of the Bon Jovi performances, I mean, look on this last Bon Jovi tour, crushing it, playing to huge crowds, and John Bon Jovi either cannot or will not sing anymore. He sounds horrible. Um, and yet those shows are packed. And if and if people are okay with that, great. But it, it shouldn't stop someone else from giving an honest take of like, hey, John Bon Jovi is not singing at these shows. It is he sounds terrible. Mm. So I'm I'm just glad that there are still critics who are willing to 
you know, tell it like it is. And I say, and again, I say this as a huge Guns fan and as someone who wants to see Axel and the boys and girl win and succeed, you know, at every opportunity. But part of that is like, I mean, clearly no one within that camp is saying anything. So maybe, maybe they need to read it. Right. I just have so much respect for people who are able to keep it straight because I haven't seen the set yet, but, you know, judging from the three of you talking about it and the way I respect you three as journalists, I have a feeling I'll I'll agree with you in terms of how that set went down. But I think a lot of people don't realize within the music industry, there's a lot of blowing each other where you're blowing smoke up everyone's ass just to get that interview or to get this or to be on someone's good side. And I remember even first getting into this industry and thinking to myself, okay, we almost have to be that way to get things. If you have a different opinion, it's not going to work out in your favor. And then, you know, of course, as you get older, you start ditching that mentality and just keeping it straight with everyone. So I love the fact that he came out, spoke his piece, um, still stuck to the fact of, hey, I really did think this was the shit. And he's still getting a lot of heat online, but um, he doesn't seem to care. So just tons of respect for that, for standing his ground, because those fans can attack. It can be brutal. Um, I've I've been in that position. So, you know, kudos to him for for keeping it up <laughs> yeah and there's also a difference between bashing something for the sake of bashing and like being totally. honest totally or just being a pretentious right. dick and writing a review just to make like there's such a huge difference and i didn't get or, yeah lot. reviewing yeah and when you have an agenda or an axe to grind or you're reviewing something that you actively dislike from the get-go mm-hmm. that's totally different but if yeah. but yeah if you're covering a festival and axel's up there singing like he sometimes sings these days i feel like you have an obligation to be honest about what you heard yeah mm-hmm. exactly that's why <laughs> when we talked about it previously dowdy when we were talking about event sevenfold i was like hey full disclosure everybody i've never liked this band before and this right. i'm gonna tell you that's what i fair think. though you totally and cannot I, like something like that's the, that's yeah. the beauty yeah exactly. hey it's a little bit apples to apples to compare axel rose vocally and m shadows vocally so i will say that going to see avenged a few weeks ago here in la matt sounded incredible there we go yeah so it can be done awesome. you can have that voice and make those choices in those song kinds of songs and stay in shape and do the right conditioning and whatever it is that you need to do to deliver that live um you know it, it, it it's it's also part of just watching a lot of these bands age because you know for vocalists especially doing different, harder edge, more extreme type of music, choosing a particular vocal style that you may not be able to age with is interesting and something that we're kind of running into now. But I'm sure we could all list countless examples of people who are in that age range who are still delivering the goods. I mean, Bruce Dickinson sounds great every night. I I will be mentioning one later. Most of the time. Delivering the goods. And and yeah, these are, yeah, no pun intended. Um, And in some cases, these are singers who are older than Axel, so... Um, I I know he can do it when the, all the stars align. So, yeah, I would prefer someone to be honest about when they didn't deliver. Well, before we head into our songs of the week, we're going to hop from one festival to another because there's one that I know Decay is very excited to run down for us, and that's Stop Hell's it. Heroes. So take it away, dude. All right. So no secret, favorite festival in the world Hell's Heroes has dropped their lineup for the sixth edition happening March 2024, the White Oak Music Hall in Houston, Texas. Uh, it's been impossible keeping this one a secret because I had I had some intel and man, it's huge. We got uh, the first U.S. Sodom shows in 18 years. Is that right? 18 fucking Holy years. 
uh, Queensryche doing the set that we all actually want to see. They're playing yeah. the EP and they're playing uh, The Warning. Literally, what else do you need? Uh, we've got Candlemas doing a Nightfall set because we've already all seen the Epicus Dumicus set. We've got huge Texas reunions, uh, Solitude Aeternus and Watchtower back with Jason McMaster. We've got the newly reformed Forbidden. We've got Doro doing Warlock songs. The first three albums in a Rotting Christ set, uh, it's stacked. Plus, like, it just doesn't stop. Autopsy, Tank, uh, the first Cauldron show since 2019, I think. Uh, Demolition Hammer, plus all sorts of stuff from the current underground. Mm -hmm. Summerlands, Witch Hazel, Early Moods, Entranced, Eternal Champion, Necrofire, Traveler, Knight, uh, the list goes on. Uh, easily the best uh, American festival for underground metal. Uh, if you've never been, I highly encourage you to check it out. And if you've been, you literally probably have already bought your tickets before the lineup already got announced because it's that kind of festival. When the dates, the dates go up, you buy your tickets because you know that uh, Christian and the team at White Oak are going to slay it with the booking. And they did it again. Six years running. This thing fucking rips every time. Highly recommended festival. In the moment that I saw it was out. announced, I knew that you were going to have to speak about it today. There was oh, yeah. no, no yeah. way we were letting that slide. And, oh, and yeah. case, case in point, I would much rather hear Todd sing those Queensryche songs than Jeff Tate in 2023. At this point in time, that seems to be the move, honestly, man. And if you want to hear Mind Crime... Go see Jeff. He's doing it. He's playing yeah. theaters, doing mind crimes. So go see it. But this, dude, Queensryche. So in this scene, I feel like a Queensryche set could only be a headliner in this scene if yeah. it's this set. Like, this yeah. is the set that the, yeah. that the, the Heshers want to hear, man. Dude, the EP. Dude, are you kidding me? We're going to get a full EP and a full warning set? That's insane. Those are the records. And I love Epicus, and obviously that's the singer from that record who's back in the band now, but Nightfall's the record for me. So. Sure. Oh, yeah. Classic second record. Absolutely. Pretty exciting. Yeah, and I, I love also, DK, the, you know, you're talking about the, you know, the underground heavy metal scene there, and you're so right. Just every year seeing the bands that are like, even, you know, opening the festival and the mid cards of the festival. Uh, just like, you know, in a couple of years, you're probably gonna be hearing uh, a, a lot more of them, you know, like Spirit Adrift, Traveler. Uh, I know that you were on the road with them in Europe, uh, Bloodstar, who just released an amazing album this year. Just like see, seeing that, I watched them open with Unto Others uh, and seeing them tour and release an album, get on Hell's Heroes and stuff like that is so cool. So you just, it's so cool to just be, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, man, I know it didn't work out last year, but I'm hoping that this one is the year because, you know me, I would have such an amazing time over there. And it's just such a cool lineup to see. It's it would insane. not be a heavy conversations with John without unto others being name dropped. And Literally. I adore you for that. <laughs> just coincidence on that. Bloodstar and others in my mind are forever linked. I yeah. love that I associate you with them though all of the time. <laughs> or if they come up on random, we're like, yeah, John loves this. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's your band, dude. I went and saw them in the UK at the end of our at the end of our Euro tour. I went and saw their London show with Carcass. They are they're they are fucking killing it. I man. was so I uh, so I had a bunch of friends over in the UK get tickets to that show and I'm like, oh my god, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, they killed it. Yeah, check out the Hell's Heroes lineup. There's like literally fucking 20 bands I didn't even mention. They're all bands you've heard of. They're amazing. Like yep. this lineup's insane. Go move into Houston for three days in March 2024. <laughs> Trust me, you will not regret it. I was going to it. say, it's so far away, though. Yeah. I know. Get, get a hotel now, though, straight up. This festival, yeah. it books up. It books up. Get a hotel. It sells out, and it books up. Get your shit now. Trust me. 
That's true. Let me be a word of warning. I tried to look at hotels in like January to be able to get, and it was it was not financially feasible for me to yeah. do. Wow. Damn. All right, guys. Songs one. of the week. I love this part. I always love hearing what you guys are talking about. And for me, we were talking about Otto earlier, who are going to be opening for Metallica. Of course, Ty, um, Robert's son from Metallica. It's his band. And so I figured, okay, let's give them a spin. I have not listened to them. I really liked Ty's previous side project before they split up. So let's let's test it out. So I listened to their record called Life is a Game. It's a newer release. And you just got to think Alice in Chains meets, you know, funny enough, Metallica. They have their sludgy moments that often turn into super thrashy metal choruses. And then other songs channel a lot of garage rock nuances and grunge undertones. So it's just a really cool newer band that's channeling into a lot of older, older influences. So I was really digging it. Um, the songs are incredibly melodic and their singer has a really nice tonality to his voice that I just immediately clicked with. You know, when you just hear a song and you think, okay, I, I like this whole album just because yep. of that being into twined that was it for me so really digging that uh first release that they dropped and i'm excited to hear more and you know if i'm able to catch them on this tour it's just an extra little reason and incentive to hit up that metallica string so yeah shout out to auto how about you john what are you loving uh well before we get into the song of the week i have to give a shout out to my album of the month uh i'm of the first half of the year probably uh with royal thunder rebuilding the mountain this is a band that i've loved for a really long time they went through uh, a lot of personal and band shit and stuff even broke up for a little while and dissolved um and then got back together and created probably the most emotionally impactful and best album that they've created of their career so far. Um, I've been impacted by that band since I was, uh, they randomly came on Pandora uh, on a shuffle station while I was cleaning my house. I heard Time Machine and exactly what you were talking about, Alicia. Like I heard Melanie's voice. I heard the the song. I was just like, I love this band. I have to hear more. And I did. And I, they're one of my top favorite bands. And I got to speak to Melanie uh, in an amazing Q&A that's up on NotFest right now. Check it out, everybody. Shameless plug. And it was probably one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done just for how wow. like easy she was to talk to and how deep and insightful and just like no holds barred she was about the stuff that she was going through and the things that she had to get through and like kind of you know like the headline of the out of the article was uh, rebuilding the mountain is me trying to save my life to give you an idea of like the stakes of this album because all the members got sober you know all their personal lives were eroding and this is one of those albums where like you feel the magic and the power of music to be able to bring these people together and get it out there i don't know if anybody loves it as much as i do but it's just like it's an incredible album i was able lucky enough to get it a couple of weeks in advance and i did not i have not been able to stop spinning it so royal thunder rebuilding the mountain listen to that album everybody as far as songs go i'm gonna throw it back and we alluded with it with the delivering the goods line over here i have been and i don't care if you guys make fun of me for this or not i will fight tooth and nail to support this i okay. fucking love the new dolly parton song with rob halford on it like you know i'm a dolly parton fan um i've been in nashville for nine years and you can't live in tennessee without like becoming emotionally attached to dolly parton just for how, for how ubiquitous she is around the area and all the stuff that she does in her home home area and in nashville and like everywhere else around and I really liked the first song that came out from her 49th 
studio album, if you can believe it. Like, holy shit. Just a solid pop song, you know, really good. But hearing her and Rob Halford and how well their voices mesh together and have like what would probably be a pretty like middle of the road rock and roll, like classic pop rock and roll song if anybody else do it. But you put Dolly and Rob Halford on the same track and it just elevates what's probably a mediocre song to just like holy shit this is actually fucking great everybody fuck islands in the stream kenny rogers can go i don't care okay whatever. i don't but, uh, <laughs> all right all right so let's let's not say things that we can't take back i'm in a feisty mood right now alicia um, i love the passion though i'm, I'm yeah feeling but like i just say like if nobody's the, ro the like, roast of kenny rogers kenny yeah rogers. we love <laughs> I got nothing against kenny rogers i just like you know it's, it, it is what it is everybody but like yeah, I don't know, like, even if, you know, you metal rock and roll fans are like, oh, fuck country music, I hate it, it's so stupid. I mean, Love Dolly, Dolly. Parton is, is a little bit away from that. Just listen to her 70s and 80s album, you'll have a good time. Um, but yeah, I'm really stoked for this album, actually, with the, all the amount of... Um, guest stars and stuff like that we mentioned debbie harry from blondie we've got uh she's covering heartbreaker with pat benatar she's covering wrecking ball with miley cyrus and their voices mesh together like peanut butter and jelly it's just it's this is my non-metal song of, of of the week over here and i'm, I'm just stoked to see uh, a legend like rob halford and a legend like Dolly Parton do a song together and it works. And uh, I know that Rob is really stoked for that too, because he's been talking about wanting to do something with Dolly for, for years. And even in that, those five seconds that he was singing next to her at the, the rock and roll hall of fame induction ceremony, he was like posting that shit for like two weeks afterwards. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Dolly Parton bygones with uh, Rob Halford and Nikki six and John five. That's my song of the week. Amazing. Dolly. Love it. We all love Dolly Parton. Everyone loves Dolly Parton. I I got to interview Dolly Parton at a uh, Grammy event honoring her a few years ago. I'm, I, and... I'm trying to angle for not fest and let me do the the rock star interview for this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I uh, was talking to Garth Brooks as Dolly was coming. And it's like even Garth Brooks, one of the largest recording artists of all time, deferred to Dolly. Like he was like, he was like, hey, I know you don't want to miss Dolly. I'm going to step aside, wow. talk to her, and when you're done, I'll step back in. And Garth Brooks is actually a class act, too, so that's class not surprising, act. yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Garth Brooks. And I don't Dolly. like his music, but he's a cool dude. So I'm going to take it back a few weeks to a song that came out a few weeks ago, uh, but the song is Temple of Love from Sisters of Mercy, which is like an early 80s classic, I think 1983. Yeah um it was a non-album single but uh but there's a, a cover version from black veil brides and billy Valo, who announced a co-headlining tour together and dropped uh this cover as sort of a you know celebratory tour promo kind of thing and it's really cool um both of their voices sound really great singing sisters of mercy mm -hmm. and you know in an era when oftentimes cover songs that pop out from that generation of bands tend to be really on the nose kind of obvious songs it's really great to hear something like sisters of mercy get you know a little spotlight and hopefully exposed to some younger fans so that's my pick you know they're going to play that song live too it's it's the they obvious have. move they got it yeah, yeah they got it they yeah. got a collab on it. it's co-headline that's yeah, rad um i got a record for you guys uh we talked about 
Texas bands opening for Metallica. We then mm-hmm. talked about a Texas music festival. So why don't we plug a Texas thrash band? Uh, Houston, Texas, Nemesis. The album is called False Reality. Uh, it's an independent band, so maybe you haven't heard of them before. Um, but it's like if if Bonded by Blood and Peace Cells is is your go-to, then like this is the band for you. Super tight, palm muted, chuggy, fast riffing, pissed off, snarly vocals, borderline techie bass, like little bass breaks with like cool little kind of shit, which is dope. <laughs> and uh, it's constantly high energy. Um, so I don't know how I came across these guys, just like deep diving on Metallum like I do every night while I lay in bed with my cat and uh, came across them. And they had like a EP out from last year and they just dropped a new record uh, this month. So yeah, again, uh, the band is called Nemesis. Album is False Reality. If you're a thrasher, you're going to like it. And uh, they're unsigned. So uh, get in at ground level. Get get in while the t-shirts are still 15 bucks, man. Do it. Dude, that's my favorite is when you find a band and they're just so small to begin, but you know they're going to take off and you have those memories of seeing them play to like 50, 60 people. And the next, you know, they're opening up for those major headliners. It's it, it's always fun to watch and be a part of. You feel like you have even more of a special connection with them when they blow up. So I'm excited to check them out. Yep, you had me at Peace Cells and Bonded by Blood. I saw you. You were, like, you were doing the yeah. mischievous. Ooh, it's up my own. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, without being like, very plain and basic like yeah ooh, ooh, it sounds like two of the most popular thrash albums ever but like it really does like it really has like megadeth uh p-cells vibes and the vocals and the riffing and it has like kind of like the aggression of bonded by blood for real it's like i you'll you'll hear it as soon as you put it okay. on so sorry for the lame kind of like you know entry level it's not lame because it's all like justified. i'm just trying to show you guys you're all gonna like it everyone's gonna love it is never lame, dude. And I'm like, I'm over here pumping Dolly Parton and Rob Halford. Who do you yes. know? Come like, on. <laughs> we can love what we love, folks. <laughs> Man, well, I want to say thank you guys for joining me as always. And of course, uh, cheers to everyone for listening and watching online. A special thanks to today's panel of Stay Puff Mellow, Ryan J. Downey, and Daniel Decay. You can also hit up notfest.com for tons more on the show, along with our other podcasts, because we have so many that they're cranking out weekly, and all of them are awesome. So definitely hit those up. I've been your host, Alicia Atute, and we will see you next week right here on Notfest, everyone. Bye.